how you make that content effectively, you know, searchable, previewable, downloadable, um, have smart metadata that's being tagged and applied against it. So that way it can be easily grabbed for sort of quick turn use and consumption. You know, I mentioned those couple of use cases, you know, sponsored highlight posts, they're most timely and relevant immediately after a game. Veritone presents Adventures in AI, the podcast that dives into the many ways artificial intelligence is shaping our future for the better. I'm your host, Megan Minchev, and today we're going to be talking with Craig Caruso, Veritone Senior Director of Advertising and Partnerships, and Ian Retzlaff, Veritone Senior Director of Sports Licensing and Partnerships. We are going to be talking about navigating name, image, likeness, or NIL opportunities, our involvement, and how it will continue to evolve. And of course, more on that topic. So welcome, gentlemen, and thank you for joining me. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, Megan. So I got to be honest, when I first heard about NIL or name, image, and likeness, I had no idea what it was about. And I still don't know a lot, which is a big reason why you're here today to educate me and of course, our audience. So before we get started, why don't you each introduce yourselves and then uh, what it is that you do and then tell us more about NIL, what what it is. Yeah, yeah Craig, go ahead and kick us off. Yeah, thanks, Ian. I can jump in. So, you know, a bit of background about myself, uh, Senior Director of Advertising and Licensing here at Veritone. Uh, Veritone serves as the Digital Video Archive Asset Management and Licensing Agent for a number of marquee collegiate and professional sports properties. We're a high-value, high-touch creative service for brands, agencies, production houses, and linear networks. So on my side of the house, we're working on you know your, your major campaigns, everything from broadcast down to digital. The business tends to be very event-centric, so think March Madness, Masters Golf Tournament, US Open, et cetera. We often work with partners on activating around those very tentpole events. Yeah, and I can jump in here, Megan. So as a senior director of sports licensing and partnerships, working very closely with our sporting partners and kind of their roster of rights that they represent to ensure that everything's above board. We work on a ton of editorial content use from short form digital highlights that you consume on your phone across social media, um, original scripted productions, things like ESPN 30 for 30s, productions that you see on Netflix, et cetera. Um, We play a huge role in sort of a creative partner um, in serving up valuable content that sort of enriches those storylines and narratives. Um, So again, it it kind of is a holistic ecosystem here at Veritone where we're managing all that content that we're able to license, distribute, and monetize that on behalf of our sporting partners. And uh, who wants to take the first stab at explaining more of what NIL is? So in terms of, you know, what NIL is, uh, officially it stands for name, image, and likeness. So I think in, in, in light of recent 2021 court rulings and the subsequent NCA subs, uh, suspension of their bylaw, uh, support for NIL has exploded. So effectively, this, means, this now means that student-athletes can now profit off of their own personal brand and likeness. Regulations on a state-by-state basis vary, but you know, in terms of what's not permissible on a school-by-school level, however, compliance departments are now forced to play a huge role within the within this ecosystem in collegiate athletics in terms of tracking, reporting, and broader regulation. Yeah, so to piggyback off of that, I mean, it's everything from traditional items like jersey sales, right? Monetizing your name, you know, on, on the back of a jersey, your number, et cetera. For so many student athletes, you're just synonymous, you know, kind of with that uniform, um, you know, and prior to the suspension of this bylaw, you know, students couldn't even do that, right? It wasn't a, an opportunity for them to receive royalties, 
Um, similarly, I think going forward, you're going to see, you know, everybody talks about kind of the landscape of, of gaming with EA Sports and releasing, you know, college football or college basketball games, et cetera. You know, you're going to see an opportunity, I think, for student athletes to to have a say in, you know, whether it's individual negotiation around kind of their personal IP or rights or even collective bargaining at a school um, or even potentially, you know, either a conference or sort of nationwide level. I think it's fairly open-ended in terms of how this is going to look going forward, which is what makes it so exciting. Yeah. And uh, such a game changer with a lot of these collegiate athletes. So I, if I were an athlete, especially in college, I would be loving this right now you see now it's in the news everywhere every single day kids are transferring from school to school um i think this is actually a huge concern based on the existing landscape around kind of the pay for play model i Mm -hmm. I don't know that the spirit of this program was necessarily designed for you know student athlete to be paid whether it's a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars or more to just go play for a particular school i think you know the the spirit of the you know nil has maybe uh, eroded a little bit over the past six months and again i think you know here at baritone we're all for i think very supportive and so are our partners of student athletes being able to monetize their likeness Um, but you've seen sort of these fringe use cases where you know current student athletes are transferring just you know particularly in a potential pay for play setup which i think has some you know potential ramifications and concerns for collegiate athletics as a whole yeah so veritone and pac-12 pioneered the nil program can you first of all identify what pac-12 is for those of you in the audience who might not know and uh, share why we pioneered that program with them Pac-12 is a Pacific 12 conference. It's your West Coast-centric schools. You're talking, you know, Oregon, USC, UCLA, uh, my Colorado Buffaloes, uh, et cetera. Um, but effectively, the program here, I think what, what's so compelling about this is when you think about NIL, you know, it's, an, it's effectively a, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-old, you know, female, male, student-athlete, all the way from gymnastics to I mean, you name it, uh, even rowing, right, all the way up to, to college football is sort of managing their own personal brand. So basically, the whole spirit of this program is, is kind of built around sort of three use cases or three tiers, if you will. So kind of the, the first um, kind of the first layer to this, and again, Pac-12 has been a fantastic and highly progressive partner in this regard, is sort of student athletes leveraging authentic game content to sort of build out their own digital social media presence All right so if they want to you know game ends goes off the air at 6 p.m they want to post content on their their social channels um, from that game just to kind of build out again their own personal brand personal profile um pac-12 is very supportive of that and there's some some limitations around how much content can be used etc but that's kind of the first use case right is kind of personal use non-sponsored non-branded but really i think you know, sort of elevating the brand of, of these student athletes. And kind of the second piece, which I'll speak to here, and then I'll kick it over to Craig for the, the third piece is um, sponsored highlights with a paid partnership. So this is an opportunity, you know, you may go on social media, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, etc. You, know, you may see a piece of content and has a paid partner at the top, or potentially there's a tagged paid partner in the comments section, right? So there may be a game highlight, it may be attached uh you know this is a paid partnership with brand x y or z so in this scenario and i want to make it clear um kind of the the program that we've pioneered is we're never asking student athletes to you know um or, or requiring them to foot the bill for any licensing costs right it's the responsibility of the associated brand partner to to effectively sort of manage the rights and licensing 
of that content um, by which they're receiving incremental or additive value by attaching that paid partnership or that brand partnership. Mm-hmm. So again, the spirit of that is, you know, it's on that student athlete social handles. Some so- student athletes these days have you know, a million followers, three million followers. It's crazy. Um, but again, you know, that's kind of the, the second layer is that paid social post. You know, it's, it's more of an editorial angle, but there is sort of an ancillary paid partnership. Um, and then the third angle is more of a traditional, pure advertising use case, which I'll let Craig speak to. Yeah, to Ian's point, the, the third use case here is pure commercial use. So think of, you know, an advertisement, a vlog, testimonial, etc. I think, you know, in this example, uh, university approval is required in addition to, of course, the athlete's approval. But I, I think, you know, maybe an important thing to note here in general is that these are uh video assets that are copyrighted by the conference. So the reason why this this program is so noteworthy and, and you know, such, such a huge, huge momentum builder is that the Pac-12 is the first to the table, right? So no other collegiate properties endorse such a program that provide this level of access to conference-owned assets. So it's absolutely huge for, for all those athletes within those, those programs, universities that Ian mentioned, and it does provide them the opportunity to capitalize on their likenesses, you know, during the time when they're most active and that's when they're playing in, in school. Right. So, you know, I think as we look at potential, you know, criticisms and benefits of, of NIL, I think the, the point there is is very sound and that the, the window of opportunity for these athletes are often small, particularly for those who may be involved in some of the Olympic sports like gymnastics or wrestling. So, again, um, you know, because the Pac-12 has endorsed the, the usage of current year material, um, those, those athletes can in turn, you know, capitalize on and maximize their window of opportunity again while they're playing, while they're in. The, the peak of of their sport. I think in thus far, you know, to date, we've seen the most brand centric activations leveraging content of female uh, gymnasts, which is fantastic. And I think we see you know that usage continuing to to trend up in the coming year. I was going to say too, you know, I think it's it's certainly a, a very interesting time, but there's also some challenges too, right? I mean, you've got an 18 year old who's managing you know, their own personal brand, right? Right. I I think back to being a, you know, an 18 year old kid, you know, being a student is tough enough, um, let alone being a student athlete, let alone being a student athlete with your own, you know, entrepreneurial spirit or business. Right. Yeah. Um, So, you know, you're just going to have to, you know, a lot of these, these kids, I imagine, you know, it's just a, a super full plate, you know, and we're talking about content and copyright and, and some of these nuances, there's just a lot of layers to that. So, I think that's that's another important aspect is you know trying to work with our our partners at the Pac-12 and in association their member schools just around education of the program the policies etc. Are there some even athletes that just don't even take advantage of this at all because of that what you just mentioned because it's a full plate. That's a great question. You know I think just bandwidth is an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know and also too. You know, certain um, student athletes, I think, are just going to be more savvy, certainly, than others in terms of managing their brand, right? It's yeah. really running your own business. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, I, I would say, too, you know, how big of a priority is it for certain folks as opposed to others? Um, you know, certain student athletes may be heavily inclined to maximize this window of opportunity, um, whereas others, it, it may be a little bit more of a, a passive um, initiative, right? right? So, so I would say, again, you know, this whole world is so new and there are, you know, nuances around kind of navigating this, but I would say, Megan, you're, you're right. There is a bit of a, you know, there's a, there's a gap and there's an opportunity for, I think, athletes to student athletes to jump on board here. 
Yeah, I think to, to build on that a little bit, you know, I think we've seen some some major representation agencies uh, become involved with, you know, current student athletes, which has never been done before to this point. So I think, you know, from their from their perspective, you know, of course, they're they, they can provide a great deal of help and assistance to those athletes, but perhaps it, you know, provides long term benefit for both sides. So I think, again, we'll, we'll see more and more in that we're in the very early innings of this, just given this is kind of very topical and recent and midpoint of 2021 mm -hmm. so you know as, as we go forward here and, and you know throughout 2022 I, I can see this you know exploding yeah agreed so being an artificial intelligence podcast what is the AI tie-in here you know I think as we look at this opportunity right it's um the, the scale is huge you think about just the amount of content that's being created from all men's and women's sports, um, you know, from the, from the top down, um, you know, and how you make that content effectively, you know, searchable, previewable, downloadable, um, have smart metadata that's being tagged and applied against it. So that way it can be easily grabbed for sort of quick turn use and consumption. You know, I mentioned those couple of use cases, you know, sponsored highlight posts, they're most timely and relevant immediately after a game. So, you know, I think as we look at this long term, you know, the ability to apply, you know, some cognitive engines against that content, you know, smart tagging specific player names, actions, keywords, you know, envisioning again, that scenario where a game goes off the air at 6pm, you know, potentially a student athlete can log on to, you know, a Veritone portal um, and grab content from that game, you know, within, you know, even call it 24 hours, right, what, whatever it may be, I think that's kind of the, the long term goal here, leveraging artificial intelligence. Yeah, definitely. And I, I would just add, you know, to your point, I think those cognitive engines can be, you know, incredibly valuable here, just based on, you know, to your point, the level of uh, and, and volume in, in which these games are played, you think about the quantity per per sport, per game, per year, but think about the number of athletes as well, right? If you have you know, hundreds, if not thousands of athletes in total across the country and, and probably much more, um, you can see how there's a scalable opportunity and, and very, very high level of relevance for AI being applicable to this type of use case. A little bit ago, you had mentioned the future. So looking toward the future, is NIL here to stay? And if so, how will it continue to evolve? Yeah, I think so. So, you know, it's difficult to to kind of uh, put the cat back in the bag at, at this moment in time. I think the, the rules are forever changed at this point. I think, as we've discussed here, you know, we can see kind of some regulation and guidelines policies, maybe from the NCA level, but also just within individual universities of what can and can't be done. But I think, uh, you know, a, a good example of, of where we see the future, you know, moving is is just NFTs, right? So a quick, quick definition for NFTs for folks who may not be familiar, talking about digital tokens, digital assets that can be traded, right? Traded exchange for cryptocurrency or traded for other assets, uh, of course, all electronically. So, you know, I think parlaying into that, Veritone has actually partnered with Reeker to mint the first collegiate sports-centric video NFTs. I know that is a, a lot to say in one sentence, but effectively think of, you know, all this, this wonderful Pac-12 game and match material and turning that stuff into NFTs. So, you know, at, at some point in the future, we can envision um, NFTs being minted with current student-athletes. So effectively think student-athletes being paid for their appearance 
appearances in those digital tokens serves as a passive and reoccurring income source for those student athletes where they receive a check in the mail for their you know them being featured in the nft so again you can see that there's a a, a fantastic opportunity there that certainly had not been the case in the past yeah, yeah and i think megan i, I was just mm-hmm. going to say too i mean we talked about just the burden of, of a personal brand we see this as a really scalable sort of long-term revenue stream for student right. athletes of of all sports and all genders right um and so i think there's a ton of excitement and a ton of runway there um and that's just one area where i think you know again you're going to see a ton of growth here in, in the next three to five years yeah absolutely lots of ways to monetize definitely way different than when i was in college many moons ago <laughs> uh so in three to five bullets how would you summarize what we've been discussing today yeah so i can can jump in here i mean i think just you know, what you see from state to state, school to school, right now there's, you know, no top-down governmental or, or regulatory legislation. It's it's very much the Wild West to sort of maintain the spirit and the integrity of where this, you know, where this program sort of originated. I do think there needs to be some uniform policy, you know, what student athletes can activate against in what ways, you know, and how they can be compensated. Um, you know, again, very much pro uh, athletes being compensated for their name, image, and likeness, but having some you know guardrails there to just maintain the integrity of the program, I think is going to be important. Um, you know, and again, I think the Pac-12 program is fantastic. Um, we're really happy to get that off the ground. Um, and we expect other conferences to to follow suit here in the near future. And you're going to see you know more and more content that's copyrighted and controlled by all of these sort of power five group of five conferences. Um, follow suit. And then Craig, I'll kind of let you jump in here and, and take a couple of rest. Yeah, I think to tie it off from an AI perspective, you know, we're excited about that, you know, potential to to leverage some of those those capabilities and engines against this content. I think there's high potential for that in the future, just to provide better enhanced preview searching and downloading. No doubt that'll be valuable in the future. And then just as we discussed a moment ago, you know, NFTs, non-fungible tokens aren't going anywhere. I think you can see that space fluctuate a bit, but I think the the passive revenue stream for, for current student athletes is going to be very compelling over the next few years. If people want to learn more about this topic, where can we send them? Yeah, so you can feel free to shoot us a note at sportsaveritone.com. I mean, again, we're going to stay very active you know, on this topic, we'll continue to, to publish, um, you know, whether it's a press release around any news with Recur as it pertains to any of our other partners. So I would just say stay active on, um, you know, Veritone social um, and corporate channels, because again, this is a very hot topic that's not going away. Thank you for giving that little plug to Veritone social. I appreciate it being the uh, senior uh, manager for social media and brand management here at Veritone. So <laughs> Uh, This is an awesome discussion, Craig and Ian. I am extremely grateful for your time and providing not only me, but our audience with all the information about NIL. I appreciate that I've learned something new today. So thank you. And thank you to everyone out there for listening to Adventures in AI, the podcast that dives into the many ways artificial intelligence is shaping the future for the better. Talk with you next time.